I was giving a tour of our parish church to a group of Catholic school children, and I squeezed them all with their chaperones into the baptistry. So, I asked, who can tell me what happens in here? Multiple hands went up. Baptism? A voice asked. Right. And who can tell me what happens when you get baptized? Again, numerous correct answers. You get faith. You become part of the church. Sins are washed away. I was so impressed with these little ones. But I couldn't resist. I leaned in and whispered, But do you know what really happens in baptism? And you could hear a pin drop. They waited with bated breath. I had them in the palm of my hand. What really happens in baptism is... Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to The Inner Life with Patrick Conley. Welcome to The Inner Life. I'm Patrick Conley, your host for the hour to come. Thanks for joining us as we hope to move a bit deeper this hour ahead into our relationship with Jesus. So back to the story. I leaned in and whispered to this group of Catholic school kids, but do you know what really happens in baptism? What really happens in baptism is you die. (laughs) That got some looks, and not least from the chaperones. Although, to their credit, a few of the knowing ones did smile and nod. Romans chapter 6, how can we who died to sin yet live in it? Or are you unaware that we who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were indeed buried with him through baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might live in newness of life. What a truly awesome sacrament. But like all the other sacraments, the graces that baptism gives are bestowed with a purpose. Yes, God's grace accomplishes amazing things in our lives, but they accomplish those things in order that you might live in a more Christ-like manner. In the church militant, the church here on earth, here is a there is a duty that follows on from receiving the sacraments. And that's our focus today here on the inner life. How do we live out our baptismal promises? Our baptismal duty, the baptismal graces that we have received. Helping us out today as our spiritual director is Father Bobby Blood, a priest of the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois. Father Blood is the spiritual director and vice principal at St. Edward High School in Elgin, Illinois. Father Blood, good to be with you again. Patrick, how are we doing? Doing well. You're sounding good. You must be in studio, huh? I am. You know, it's, it's nice to, to be uh, on a real hot mic. Yeah, that's very good. It's very good. And uh, happy Easter to you. We're we're beyond the octave, but we're still in the Easter season, of course, for a long time to come yet. How was your Triduum, Father? Triduum was good. You know, I'm in high school work now, so I have a lot less work than a lot of my brothers. But uh, we had some some good prayers, some some good sort of refocusing on uh, this Easter season, and it's been cool to watch some of some of the high school students latch on to. Uh, the different mysteries we walked through that week and mm. and got a little more involved. So a real gift. Good. 
Excellent, excellent. And uh, are you celebrating many baptisms throughout the uh, Easter season here? Anything? I, do, I mean, in high school ministry, do you do much for baptism? <laughs> no, no, not too much. I was Thanks in a parish God, for a few. Suppose, right, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> uh, I had a few years in a parish and did a lot of baptisms then, and uh, I still get called, you know, out every once in a while for friends of mine who are now having kids for the first time. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, well, fair enough. I'm, but I'm, I'm grateful though that we're talking about baptism. And again, I just want to emphasize when I use the word awesome, which I will admit that I do probably a little too liberally than than what I should. But this one truly merits the term. I think I mean, baptism is awesome. It is full of awe. It is, it is some. It creates this sense of awe within us when we more understand what we're doing. So, let's start there. Father, give us an introduction to baptism, because I, I can imagine that in this day and age, there are a good number of folks who say, baptism, what in the world is that? It's one of those great gifts we get, and for many of us, uh, we received it when we were so young, we don't even remember. Right. And yet, we're still kind of sharing in in those graces and the continuation of the grace given in our baptism. Uh, I would say, in general, it's, it's the greatest gift we could ever receive. Hmm. Even greater, I would say, than our earthly life is... is this invitation into becoming a son or a daughter of, of the Lord and um, all those things you, you mentioned in the intro that are offered through baptism, but it becomes the way by which we enter into the life of grace. And so every other encounter we have with the Lord is really sort of marked by that first moment where that water is poured over our head and, and we're claimed. This is for always and everywhere the Lord's. All right. And I think yeah. that's that's part of the, the, the most beautiful part of the gift is you get that indelible mark. Once you're baptized, it, it sticks. Yeah, <laughs> indeed it does. That's right. And I suppose that's why, um, you know, Pope Francis recently said that uh, he was addressing folks. I were to ask you today, which of you knows the exact date of your baptism? And he said, I don't think there'd be too many hands raised. Yet it is the day on which we were saved. It is the day on which we became children of God. And uh, I suppose that what you were just saying, Father, is all the more reason why, if we don't know it, we should figure out the date we were baptized. Yeah, and I I think it's an invitation to celebrate. That's one of those things about being a Catholic is there's so many uh, things in our our liturgical year that we can really uh, enter into and and just sort of enjoy, right, God's generosity. And and especially, look, it's it's our spiritual birthday. It's it's worth celebrating. Mine's in September 26th, so I got a couple more months and then uh, we'll have to have a big party. It'll be great. Yeah, there you go. Very good. Mine's in December, December 19th. I know mine as well. So, listeners, if do you know your the date of your baptism? Have you found it out? Perhaps you're old enough. Maybe you were baptized as a teenager or as an adult sometime when you remember it. Man, we'd love to hear that story. What was that like, actually, being baptized when you were uh, old enough to remember it and recall what was going on. Love to hear it. Give us a call. 888-914-9149 is our phone number here at The Inner Life. 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, innerlife@relevantradio.com. Love to hear from you. Well, Father, too, I think uh, one of those things like we were just talking about, so many of us, myself included, although I was not baptized in the Catholic Church, I was validly baptized in a Protestant tradition. Um, but I was baptized as, as well. And so I don't remember my baptism, um, but uh, I do. I do think sometimes the questions can surface. Well, then why only once? Why why don't we get baptized again when we are old enough to appreciate everything that's going on? Yeah, I think it's important for us to recognize that 
We don't have to duplicate something to appreciate it. In that moment of our baptism, for many of us as a young child, uh, to realize that our parents standing up for us uh, make these promises to to raise us in the life of faith. Uh, And in that, all of that grace is poured forth. But it doesn't run out. It, it's not like it has a shot clock, you know, for your first few years of life. You get to experience that that baptismal, baptismal bliss that that uh, and you don't even remember it. No, that, that sort of grace extends and and marks every uh, part of our experience. And so even, you know, in, in Easter, you have our, our vigil and you renew your baptismal promises. And and every time you, you dip your hand in a, bab- or a holy water font and bless yourself, that reminder that something is still happening. That invitation that the Lord made in the very beginning is still ever new. And so, uh, sure, (laughs) it'd be nice to kind of hit that reset button as far as being totally purified of our sin. But but again, that's how the Lord gave us the sacrament of confession to kind of continue that that sweetness. But um, it's it's worth renewing even in our own spiritual life to say, okay, I want to ask the Lord for the grace to experience in a new and fresh way that first gift, uh, that first purity that he offered us in the beginning. Right, and that's uh, that's an important thing to do to be able to go back and to revisit that. At least, if if we can't do it in our living memory, then perhaps um, we can do it just through through prayer and asking the Lord to impress upon us the importance, the again awesomeness of our baptism, of our beginning of our life in Christ. Again, if you have a story of your baptism, or perhaps you have recently had a son, a daughter, a grandson, granddaughter, perhaps a godson or a goddaughter baptized. Um, and you uh, just experience baptism in a whole new way, love to hear from you, 888-914-9149, 888-914-9149. Well, I, I think, too, um, I, you make a good point, Father, that we can appreciate something without having to duplicate it. Um, but there are other non-Catholic traditions that do hold off on baptism until such a time as uh, you know, they feel like the 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 child or the youth or even the young adult can make that decision on their own um, without undue pressure or influence from their parents. Any ways that as Catholics we can we can uh, kind of defend the idea of infant baptism? I would say if if we truly believe in the sacrament of baptism, if we believe that it claims somebody as a son or daughter of of the uh, perfect loving God if we believe that it frees us uh, from that bondage that is original sin, if we believe um, that you are baptized into a community of faith, uh, becoming one of the body of Christ, why would you hold off? It's one of those things where, sure, at a certain point, every young adult has to sort of decide, is my faith going to be something that I live out? Is my faith something I'm going to truly continue to to receive and, and work for? Um, but in that moment of, of receiving the gift of baptism, uh, the Lord is the one working. And right. so uh, I suppose less apologetical and more almost like an invitation to realize that God has called us into that renewing water. And if a, a, a mother or a father believes in, in their core that this is everything, that this is the invitation into Christ, why would we hesitate? Right, right. Yeah, very good. I, uh, I, that's that sounds. I love the idea of an invitation rather than uh, maybe a, a defense or an, an apology, but rather an invitation into all the rich meaning of baptism. Father, we've got Rebecca who's calling in from Menominee Falls, Wisconsin, and Rebecca has called in. 
with a story about baptism. So, Rebecca, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for taking my call. Thank you, sure. Father, for your beautiful uh, witness to baptism. I was baptized as an adult, welcomed into the Church, receiving all three sacraments of initiation at the Easter Vigil 30 years ago. And uh, the, the, basically, my husband was a cradle Catholic. We had been married a few years, and watching his younger siblings receive the sacrament of uh, First Holy Communion and Confirmation, I started to feel drawn more closely to the Church sacraments, and I asked for this for myself. And my husband sponsored me, and I was welcomed into the church 30 years ago. And it's been a wonderful, beautiful journey for myself. I love that. Well, I can only imagine being able to sort of look back on that that feast on, on, a, on a 30 year anniversary. That's beautiful. And and what I appreciate about your witness is uh, you saw others sort of receiving the gifts, right? First communion, and, and realizing there must be something to this. And to make that petition, that's powerful. Very much so. Um, I felt drawn more closely to the beauty of the Church and the sacraments. As I was growing in my faith, I, you know, being an adult, not baptized, it it wasn't my mother's fault. It was just something that we just weren't able to do. Uh, My mother, I had her baptized about six months before she passed away, uh, which was just 10 years ago. And it's, you know, I, I understand the beauty of, of the sacrament. I am now a wedding and baptism coordinator for the church, uh, my two parishes that I'm uh, working for. So I get to see this and work with families as well. And it's just a beautiful, beautiful sacrament. In fact, we had two babies baptized this Sunday uh, it, within Mass again, which was, a, which was amazing because we hadn't been able to do that for several years. We always had baptisms after Mass in a private setting, and to have it brought back to within the Mass, I think the people were very moved by that as well. Absolutely. You're sort of recaptured by uh, the beauty of the consistency of the Lord when you get to witness a baptism, especially if it's been a long time. What I love what you just shared, Rebecca, is um, not only did you receive the graces of uh, your baptism, but now to see you living that out, making that choice to, to be involved in your own parish and, and really become the hands and feet of Christ in your parish. And, and I'm sure Patrick and I will be talking a little more about that today. So yeah, thank you, absolutely. Rebecca. Yeah, thank you, Rebecca. That great story, 30 years. Congratulations and happy birthday. I mean, that's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, and I always, I got to witness a baptism actually um, that occurred not not long ago myself and uh, of, a, of, a young, of a young girl. Um, she wasn't an infant anymore, but she was very young, and uh, it was it was very touching, very moving, and it does stir these thoughts, kind of like what you were saying, Father, about appreciating something without duplicating it. To see another get baptized can bring this just this flood of recognition and realization of everything that's going on in that moment. Uh, so just a wonderful, beautiful thing. Rebecca, thank you for the call. Let's go now to Amy, who's calling in from Northern California. Amy, welcome to The Inner Life. Hi, yes, thank you for taking my call. So my question is, um, if a mother baptized her infant child in the hospital or at home, you know, privately, and the reason for this would be like her husband just didn't want to baptize the children, um, and the mother is Catholic and the father uh, is not Catholic but a baptized Christian, um, is, that va- is that baptism valid? For that, for that reason, you know, she baptized 
the child because she just thought the father, you know, wouldn't wouldn't want to baptize the child in a Catholic church. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question of validity, I would say, if if the mother poured water over the head and said, "I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit," and and intended to baptize, that'd be a valid baptism. I would say that that situation um, is sort of sticky in the sense of you. We want to do things in the light, right? And so uh, it's a difficult situation, and I, I probably would invite an individual in that situation to have a conversation with their own priest, That, especially the hope would be after you do a sort of emergency baptism in a hospital, then you could go to the church and sort of complete the rites, to have um, the oil of chrism and, and, and some of those um, beautiful, hefty prayers that the church offers is in accord with the baptism uh, later on. Um, but, but I would say it's definitely a valid baptism, um, but I would say, again, to communicate those things with your parish, especially for record, right? When when that dear child wants to get married, oftentimes we're, we're looking for baptismal records, and um, the hope would be that would be somewhere in the parish. Yeah, good question, Amy. Thank you for calling in for, with that. And if you have a story or a question about baptism, if you have a story about your own baptism, um, maybe that was a time that you don't remember. Maybe it is a time that you do recall, but maybe there's something that has brought it about and you've gained a whole new appreciation for the wonderfulness of the sacrament, give us a call. Tell us what that is. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. We'll be back with our spiritual director, Father Bobby Blood, in just a moment with more of The Inner Life. Stay with us. Today, we'd like to thank Romeo, who is listening in California, for donating his BMW. You can join thousands of other listeners in donating old vehicles by visiting relevantradio.com slash car. That's relevantradio.com slash car. And we are back here on The Inner Life on Relevant Radio, relevantradio.com, and the Relevant Radio app. Thanks for listening. We're talking today about baptism, specifically living out our baptismal promises with our spiritual director, Father Bobby Blood, a priest in the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois, spiritual director and vice principal at St. Edward High School in Elgin, Illinois. And Father, we've uh, got another phone call. We've got Karen, who's calling in from right here in Wisconsin, where I am. Karen, welcome to The Inner Life. Uh, thank you. I, I just wanted to ask, um, I've got two young grandchildren that my daughters had baptized and the priest that did the baptism is no longer a priest. So my question is, is that still considered a valid baptism? You know, while, while he was still a priest is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, although it's always sad when, when we see one of our brothers step away from ministry, um, Really, any of us can validly baptize. So anybody who, who pours water over, over the head of a child or an adult even, I, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son of the Holy Spirit. That's what's needed for a valid baptism. So even though a father has, has stepped out of ministry or been asked to leave, whatever the case may be, uh, the baptism is still valid, and, and we can rejoice in the fact that these, these children have still been claimed by Christ. So there's no concern there. Good question, Karen. Thank you for that. Yeah, wonderful uh Wonderful thing, and I think that's the that's I, I'm always kind of impressed, Father, with the way that uh, the the church kind of does give that pretty broad uh, 
validity, if you will, to to baptism. As you said, it's uh, the person baptizing needs to use water, needs to say, baptize you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and needs to intend baptism, right? That's that's about it for a valid baptism. Yeah. I think the church, <laughs> it's such an essential gift, and, and it's beautiful to see the generosity on the part of the church to realize that uh, sometimes situations are not perfect, and, and sometimes we, we might be in a place where we're, we're looking to the end of our life and just realize I, I need to be baptized and I need to be baptized now. Right. And, right. You know, father might be busy yeah. <laughs> eating lunch. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> you can say that father. I, I can, cannot. Yeah. But <laughs> that's very good. I like it. All right. Wonderful. Well, one of the things I definitely want to get into because we wanted to focus father on specifically living out our baptism and the promises that we uh, we remade we reaffirmed our baptismal promises here at Easter um standard form of doing that anyway and we do it f- even more frequently than that we can do it more frequently than that so what exactly is involved in living out those promises and one of the things that really suggests itself to me is the call of you know participating in Christ's offices of priest prophet and king so maybe can can we wade into that a little bit i mean what what are those all about and what does it mean for us absolutely so you know, as you experience the, at your Easter Mass, maybe you go through the baptismal promises, you, ran, you renounce Satan, and, and you claim belief in, in God and, and, and the Trinity and, and um, everything that the Church teaches and affirms. Um, and then comes um, the sort of, I would say, gift and obligation of baptism. We're called to become uh, partners with Christ and really baptized into Christ. And with that, we share in his office of priest, prophet, and king. And this plays out in a different way for each of us. And, and I think that's important for us to realize as we sort of reflect on our own spirituality, our own faith, uh, to realize that each of us called to be priest, prophet, and king doesn't mean we're all called to be a certain cookie cutter, right? I'm called into the ministerial priesthood, um, but everyone who's baptized is called into the common priesthood. So maybe we can start right. there and realize yeah. that um, although it's different, there are similarities in crossover. And so... Uh, with the common priesthood that we're all baptized into, uh, we're called to make sacrifice. That's what a priest is, one who makes sacrifice. So in my role, oftentimes when we think about sacrifice, it's the sacrifice of the Mass. Uh, but for many other Christians, that might look like the sacrifice of waking up early uh, to serve the needs of young children or the sacrifice of going out of our way to uh, sacrifice for maybe our adult children or our friends, or neighbors, or any place where we see uh, the need of another to go above and beyond in generosity to, to make those sacrifices for, for them. Mm-hmm. Oh, very good. Well, okay, that's a, that's a great start with, uh, in terms of the common priesthood and living that out is making sacrifice, and uh, sacrifice specifically for the, the needs and, uh, of those around us and for others, uh, as Christ, of course, sacrificed himself. All right, so that's uh, that's good good impetus for living out our common priesthood that we're baptized into. How about the office of prophet, Father? What is that about? Prophet is is probably the one that we see play out most tangibly, and especially in the parish level, we're always talking about evangelization. We're talking about trying to spread the good news, and that's the call of being a prophet uh, to really hear the voice of the Lord, whether that's through the scriptures or your private prayer or or studying. Uh, the words of the church, and then finding those areas where the Lord might be making a claim on us to to speak up, to be able to 
to share a little more deeply or or even call somebody on to more to see, hey, it seems like you might be straying away. I want to invite you back into the fold. Um, and so so often Christ is is prophesying the the coming of the kingdom that the Father promised. And and so for us, as, as we call people back into the life of grace to realize that um, we're inviting them back to receive the gift that is eternal life with the Father. Now, some of these conversations can be a little difficult. I mean, just in the example that you gave, Father, about maybe calling somebody back into the fold, it can be awkward, it can be uncomfortable, it can be even it can create some strife, some relationship strife as you're um, trying to reach out to this person. You might be doing it out of a pure intention and pure heart, but uh, it can be received um, as judgmentalism or something like that. And so I guess I'm, one of the things I wanted to just clarify with you is that although we're, we are baptized into these offices, um, priest, prophet, and king, it's also true that our baptismal graces are there to assist us in living them out, correct? Absolutely. And we realize when, when we step into these roles, we don't do it separately, and we don't do it because we know better. Right? We're sharing yes. in, in, in the office of Christ. And so even in those moments where we might feel um, the tug on our heart to, to prophesy, to speak the truth, uh, we're doing so from the authority of Christ and not ourselves. And so we sort of have to, to check our pride at the door to realize that the only reason I have any knowledge or experience of the Lord is because he's given it to me. Uh, he's the one who's given me the gift of faith through my baptism. And now he's sort of invited me into this role, right. uh, but never separated from the head. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Thank you so much for that. Yeah. Thanks be to God for that. Yeah, and I definitely wanted to get to, of course, king as well. So um, we have priest, we have prophet. What is the king office about, Father? Yeah, there's there's definitely some crossover here between uh, especially prophet and king. Um, but oftentimes this has to do with an authority in temporal affairs. So this might look like a parent as head of family offering kingship, setting aside these are rules and obligations uh, for the good of, of the whole family. But also, I think we ha- can have a confidence in our own uh, temporal communities to realize that I've met the person of Christ, I'm in relationship with him, and I can speak confidently uh, that he desires more for his people. And so definitely a crossover there, but but it comes with us the sort of authority as, as set apart to say, hey, uh, we are for Christ, and we need to start making the steps towards that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. All right, so priest, prophet, king, what are the ways that you have lived those out? What are you, how are you living those out now? Give us a call. Let us know. How, how do your baptismal promises find their way into your life today as you follow Christ? And uh, what difference has that made uh, as you continue to bear witness to him Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine is our phone number here at the Inner Life eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine or send us an email Inner Life at relevantradio.com. We've got Tara who's calling in from Los Angeles, California. Tara, welcome to the Inner Life. Thanks for calling in. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, I am a convert. I came into the church in twenty sixteen, um, and I wasn't sure if I, my baptism was valid, but I definitely remember it. I was raised in the Advent, Seventh-day Adventist church, and in that church I did, I remember doing a lot of preparation at home with uh, some minister person, it might have been the youth or children's minister that came to my home, 
and really looking forward to it because in our church, we had like a hidden door up front where they would open it when there was a baptism because they do immersion in the Adventist church. So I remember the cloth put over my face and being dunked backwards (laughs) into this water. And at the time, you know, it wasn't until I came into the Catholic church. This was 1974. I remember I looked up the date and now I do celebrate it. Um, because I don't recall as a child at 10 really thinking that I was getting the Holy Spirit in that moment. Mm. You know, um, it was just something that you, it was more symbolic, I think, was my memory of it. So next year it'll be 50 years, and I'm so grateful to be into the Catholic Church. And it is actually because of Relevant Radio that I stumbled across one day in 2015. And I think at the time Catholic Answers was on. And it started answering a lot of my, my, you know, made some sense. So here I am. Wow. Well, thanks be to God that uh, you received that gift of baptism and, and come into the fullness of the church. And, and the fact that Relevant Radio got to be a part of that, what a gift. I think it's important, too, to, to, to take note um, that idea that it could feel kind of symbolic. You know, as, as a priest, I've, I've done quite a few baptisms through my time in parish life. And, and sometimes you have a family come in and you can just tell there's a, there's a deep sort of faith, and, and they realize that something miraculous is happening. But other times it does it does feel like they're coming with the idea that this is symbolic or it's like um, we, we wear the nice dress, we have the nice party, and, and then we go have cake, and, and you can sort of miss the, the spirituality of it. Um, I don't say that to belittle those who, who come in with maybe that perspective because they're still coming in good faith and, and praise God that they're coming. Um, but it's an invitation for all of us to maybe to think a little deeper uh, about the repercussions and and how long uh, or how great of an effect that great gift has on us for the long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tara, thank you. Thank you for the testimony. If you have a testimony about your own baptism, uh, maybe there was some time that you were baptized that you do remember. Um, maybe you were baptized in, as a as a child, a youth, a young adult, or even a more aged adult. Uh, in coming into the faith, coming into the Catholic Church, we'd love to hear your story. We'd love to hear your testimony about how your baptism was, what kind of an impression it made on you at the time, and how perhaps your life in Christ has grown since then. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine again eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. And we're talking too, especially about living out your baptismal call, your baptismal graces, the offices of priest, prophet, and king in your midst. If you have a story about how those have been playing out in your life, we'd love to hear that as well. Give us a call again, 888-914-9149. All right, well, uh, we've got a number of great-looking phone calls here. Uh, Let's go to Kel, who's calling in from central Wisconsin. Kel, welcome to The Inner Life. Hi, thank you for being on the air for this program. And I would like to say that um, I used my baptism and I prayed for my husband through the intercession of St. Monica and took a long time. And he on his own came to the church. And now we're praying for all of our family to convert. Um, And so that's what we did. But what I'd like to know is what can we do for our godparents, my godparents that have passed away, and if you are a godparent, does the Lord give you special graces? Yeah, it's a great question. I would say if our godparents have, have already passed away, one, we, we pray for all our brothers and sisters who have gone before us, uh, marked with the sign of faith, but maybe even especially on those those baptism anniversaries to, 
to maybe uh, try to make it to daily mass and, and pray for those individuals and the, and the great sacrifice they made and, and praying for you and, and helping you grow up in the faith. Um, and I would say those called to be godparents in a certain respect that maybe the church doesn't lay out here are the particular things that you receive or happen to you in choosing to be a godparent, but any sort of yes, we offer the Lord to be faithful. Um, I, we see the Lord show up and, um, I'm a godparent. I've got a, a three-year-old goddaughter, and, and it's been beautiful to, to just watch her grow and, and be a part of those special moments. So even to see a three-year-old asking, hey, could we stop and visit Jesus today? Yeah. And you have these little moments of encounter, um, getting to be in those intimate spiritual relationships uh, with those who, who God calls to, to be connected with us in some way, uh, I think in and of itself is, is a great grace. So I, I think the Lord does show up big for those who, who say yes to that invitation. Mm. Again, another great testimony and question from you, Kel. Thank you for calling in. Thanks for uh, being part of the show today. Again, if you have a testimony about your own baptism or a baptism that you have recently witnessed as a parent, as a grandparent, as a relative, as a godparent, Give us a call and let us know how the Lord used it, has has used it, and is using it in your life of faith. 888-914-9149-888-914-9149. Let's go to Maria, who's calling in from Illinois. Maria, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. I'm wondering, I have a question. When you become baptized, when you're baptized, and now you're getting married, do you have to have your baptismal certificate present? Yeah, through the uh, marriage preparation course, uh, we're looking for um, a, co- a fresh copy of your baptismal record. So, um, oftentimes you have, you know, maybe a parent or a godparent will have the the original beautiful baptismal copy. But we're usually looking for a fresh baptismal certificate from the parish which you were baptized in, because that's going to mark when you were confirmed. It'll also have marked if you've been married in the Catholic Church before. So all of our records are sort of kept in our original baptismal church. And so uh, when you get married, we usually do call those parishes to kind of get all that information. Yeah, good good question there too, Maria. Always, always good to check in on that. And Father, I do see, uh, based on our call screen, that we have a number of callers who are calling in about, again, if a particular vap- baptism is valid or not. Just one more time, can you run through what what is necessary in order for a baptism to be valid? Mm-hmm. Yep. So in the church, the the valid baptism is uh, water poured over the head, or if, if you're dunked the, the three times, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and then you intend to baptize. Your your interior intention is to baptize. That'd be a valid baptism. So even, even a non-Christian in the case of an emergency could baptize if they intend what the church does uh, in that moment. Okay, so it doesn't have to be by a, a priest necessarily or a deacon, but it can even be done, yeah, in the case of emergency at least, by a non-Christian. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, wonderful. And uh, good things, good things that uh, the Lord provides for us in the breadth, again, of the validity of baptism. Let's go to Tom, who's calling in from Grand Terrace, California. Tom, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling. Yes, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I've always found this a very fascinating discussion because uh, maybe some of the, you know, people say that uh, you have to be old enough to choose Christ. You have to be uh, able to make that decision for oneself. But um, I really would maybe hope that Father could talk a little bit about the idea of being chosen from birth. The very fact that you have life in you is a gift, and there's a purpose in that. And so you're being called 
to live out that purpose. And then you're gifted with, with gifts and those charisms. Absolutely. Maybe he could speak to that. Absolutely. Yeah. What's beautiful about the sweet gift we're talking about today is um, it really is uh, a claiming of love of our father. And so it's not, um, it's not signing up for a religious education program, although at a certain point you do that. It's really entering into the life of grace that you've been created for, right? In the very beginning, God created a man and woman to be in relationship with him, and then we got in the way. We chose sin, and it's a sad reality. And yet at no point did the Father stop pursuing us. And so this is the way by which Christ and his church is able to uh, invite us back into uh, that first purity, that first relationship that he desired for us from all eternity. And so I think it is, it's less about the, the, the choice to, to check a box A, B, and C, and more about receiving uh, that gift of being back in union with our creator. And, and this is true for all of us, right? Even if there are some listening who are unbaptized, to realize that the creator of the universe created you out of love to be in relationship with him. And baptism is, is that invitation into that love. Yeah, actually, thank you, Tom. Thank you for the question and, and uh, the prompting. Great reminder that uh, that baptism is a, it's a state of reception. It's a state of response to God's initiative. God always takes the initiative with us, right? It's not that we're, like you said, Father, ticking boxes or signing up for something, but rather it is responding to God's great initiative with us. And actually, Father, in your response, I was thinking something similar, so let me just make it explicit that if there are those who are unbaptized, you haven't been baptized for whatever reason, um, and you're listening to the program today, and perhaps you have a question about getting baptized, or how do I go about it, or maybe there's something that's maybe in your way, give us a call or send us an email and uh, join the conversation because we'd love to we'd love to intersect with you to um, to help as as we can. 888-914-9149 is our phone number, 888-914-9149. Send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com, and uh, we can let our spiritual director, Father Bobby Blood from the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois, uh, have a crack at it. So we're, we're, uh, we've got lots more coming up on the program today about baptism and uh, living out our baptismal calls. We're going to take a short break right now, but we'll be back right after this. Stay with us. Looking for a new job? How about one that offers you opportunities for spiritual, social, and charitable growth? Our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is hiring new agents today. Visit relevantradio.com slash forester, an Illinois life insurance society, not available in all states. Back to the Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. Patrick Conley, glad to be with you along with our spiritual director, Father Bobby Blood. And my thanks to Nick Senevich, our producer, and young Thomas, Thomas Engesser, taking some of your phone calls as well as we are talking about baptism and living out specifically your baptismal call, the uh, promises that you have reaffirmed recently at probably your Easter Mass. Um, how do you live those out? How do you? How do you... Yeah, stretch the wings of faith, so to speak, and live them out in your midst. Uh, that's what we're focusing in on today here on The Inner Life. We've got Richard, who's calling in from Chino Hills, California. Richard, thanks for calling in. Welcome to The Inner Life. Yes, good morning. I would just like to know if I was baptized. I'm not sure if I was baptized or not, so I could get re- if I could get re-baptized. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the question would be um, if you if you thought you were baptized, maybe make a few phone calls to see uh, if you can find record of that. If you can't, I would say talk to your local pastor and and talk to him about that. And and what the church offers is like a conditional baptism. So this idea that um, if you're baptized once, you are baptized. But if we can't find any sort of proof of that, whether that's a baptismal record or a photo or uh, the wisdom of our grandmother, uh, then the church can offer what would be a conditional baptism. So they baptize in case you haven't been baptized before. I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Um, and I would say the first step is is maybe try and shake down the trees to see if you can find any information, and if not, speak with your pastor. Mm. Great call, great great question, Richard. Thank you, thank you for the question. I know, Father. Actually, my my own father was uh, was conditionally baptized, and I was uh, I was his sponsor at the time when he was entering the Catholic Church. And so I never tire of reminding him that uh, I'm not just his son, I'm also his godfather. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, wonderful uh, wonderful calls that we've been receiving. If you have a testimony about your own baptism, um, or if if you've recently witnessed a baptism and that's uh, really uh, spawned some great response of faith in your own life, born fruit in your own life, give us a call, 888-914-9149. Father, as we're talking about living out our baptismal promises, um, something that obviously comes to mind is the universal call to holiness. How does being baptized play into that? Absolutely. So we can sort of boil down our our conversation on priest, prophet, and king back into uh, just that universal call to holiness, that realization that um, in being called holy and being called sanctified, uh, we're set apart for a particular purpose. And so I think that really gets to the heart of um, this moment in baptism, right? You're baptized to be set apart, uh, changed forever. And then it's that invitation to live that out, to say that, am I going to live my life as someone who's been set apart? Because you could go through the motions. You know, I was baptized and given every opportunity and grace and then say, well, no, I don't want to be a part of that. Or you could say, I want to totally embrace what it means to be set apart. I want to live a life that looks different. I want to live a life um, that sanctifies those around me and calls them uh, to be set apart. And so I think it's important for us to always remind ourselves of that first and initial universal call because that shades everything in our life. Our our big V vocations, right, as priests or married or consecrated single religious, um, to realize that in the particular way God calls us, um, that's an extension or a continuation of that first call just to be made different. Um, there's because there's something different about being claimed as a son or daughter of the Lord, and um, it's exciting. Right. It is, it is indeed. And actually, I think our next caller might have a, a question that ties right into that, and that's Nora, who's calling in from Milwaukee. Nora, thanks for calling in. Welcome to the Inner Life. Hi, my daughter is getting married to a person who is a non-believer, not baptized anything, but um, um, he offered to get baptized. So it could be a sacramental marriage and not just a natural union. And we told her that that's not a good idea because with baptism comes responsibilities. And it should be something that he feels the Lord is calling you to, not just to make it easier on your significant other. So I wasn't sure if that was the right thing to do. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm sure every, every situation has its own sort of nuance. But, but I think you're right on. It, it really does uh, come with its own sort of obligations. 
Um, but if there's an openness there, I would say, oh, let's keep praying. Um, because maybe in entering an RCA program, even just to ask the question, um, maybe he would be sort of uh, had the eyes opened a little bit to maybe this is something I really do want beyond just the sort of trying to, to cut, cut a paperwork corner, you know. Um, but I would say I think you're right on. That is, it's a big deal uh, to choose to become uh, a child of God through baptism. Uh, but I would say, hey, if there's even a, an open window, uh, the Lord might use that. Yeah, that's a. I like your response to that, Father. It's really, it's, it's very good, and that it doesn't, uh, doesn't shut one out completely or shut one, one option off completely. But at the same time, it does say, yeah, you need to count the cost here before you enter into that. And I know that many times in many places, I've heard baptism. Uh, in some ways, the the, uh, well, I guess it's it's an analogically related to marriage, right? We're beginning this relationship with the Most High God that is meant to carry on. Uh, marriage for this earthly life, but and baptism for all eternity. Like you said, there's this indelible mark placed upon our souls. So, um, yeah, maybe would that be would that be an okay way of looking at it, Father? That uh, just choosing to get baptized should give at least as much thought as uh, choosing to get married. Absolutely, and and part of that is we have to actively discern things, right? Sometimes the Lord opens up the sky and and speaks truth, but other times we really have to wrestle with an idea. And so, um, I think I would always have an invitation for somebody who's who's unbaptized or not not Catholic yet um, to to talk to your pastor or sign up for an RCA program and be transparent. I don't know that I want to get baptized. I don't know that I want to come into the faith, but I've got questions. And through that process, um, you can kind of learn and feel, hey, is the Lord tugging my heart in this direction? Or maybe I need to take some more time to wrestle. So Mm -hmm. I think it's important to be open and honest and also consistent as we sort of ask those big questions. Right, right. Yeah, well, there's a lot lot incumbent upon us. I mean, much like... Much like with marriage, I mean, it's not just about getting to the day so you can now wear a ring on your finger and have a certificate, right? But it's uh, it's about the day-to-day life of building a relationship and building a family together with a spouse. And so there's there's lots that is incumbent upon us as we t- seek to live out our baptismal promises. We're speaking with our spiritual director, Father Bobby Blood, priest of the Diocese of Rockford, Illinois, spiritual director and vice principal in St. Edward High School in Elgin, Illinois, about living out our baptismal promises. And uh, what does that mean? What does that mean for us? Let's do another phone call. We've got Karen, who's calling in from California. Karen, welcome to The Inner Life. Thanks for calling in. Well, thank you for the program. I heard you asking people if you have an interesting story about your baptism to call yeah. in. So um, I do. Um, my mother was uh, made her first communion in the Catholic Church, and then her mother died in childbirth of the second child. And my grandfather was a very devout Protestant, and he had to move in with other of his family members to take care of his daughter and his baby son. So then my mother had to start going to Protestant churches. And when she met my father, he had grown up Episcopalian, so that's how they first got married. And then um, when I was born, they had me baptized in the Episcopalian church. Within a year, my mother, this this had been on her heart for a long time. She went and talked with the priest and went back and forth and finally told my dad, I'm going back to the Catholic church. 
so actually the side story is he said, well, I better find out what answers to give our daughter. And then the process of him talking to the priest, he said, well, I believe everything you're saying. So he became Catholic. But meanwhile, my mother absolutely insisted that the priest baptize me Catholic. So I have my paperwork and my baptism uh, birthday, if you wish, and I've got all of that. But for Catholic, I know nothing about where and when I was baptized Episcopalian. So um, I realize now as a fully formed Catholic, my mother didn't have to insist for me to be baptized a second time. But my official baptism, as far as myself and my family is concerned, is my Catholic baptism. (laughs) It's amazing to see the Lord sort of uh, throw out the wide net and and through some questions uh, capture all of your hearts. That's beautiful. Yeah, very good, Karen. Great story. Thank you for that. Um, appreciative that uh, you're. It sounds like you're actively living out your baptismal promises as well. Especially if you're, you know, you're here listening to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. That's a great thing. But uh, also pursuant after the Lord in so many ways. And so uh, grateful that uh, the Lord has called you to Himself, and you've, you've, uh, yeah, you started that participation through the sacrament of baptism. Well, we've been speaking about the uh, the sacrament of baptism and living out our baptismal promises. And Father, as we uh, enter into about the last minute or so of our conversation, I just wanted to ask you to maybe, again, give us one practical thing that we can do in the months to come, maybe just right here in this Easter season, that will help us enter more deeply into living out our baptismal promises. Yeah, the, the first thing that came to mind when you asked that question is, uh, choose joy. If there's one part of your life where you can choose joy, do it. Whether that's in this Easter season, um, writing a letter to a friend, whether it's um, maybe going out for a special meal and and just uh, talking about your life of faith, sharing your story with another. Whatever sort of moments we can have to sort of recapture that Christian joy that my life could not be the same without the grace that the Lord gave me. Um, Because I think oftentimes when... When the world sees a Christian, they, they see a curmudgeon. They see those who are just trying to trudge through life. But as those of us who have been claimed by Christ, there should be a deep abiding joy. Mm-hmm. Right? God abides in us and we abide in him. And and it's fun. It's fun. The life of a Christian is a wonderful adventure. Hmm. Couldn't agree more. That's uh, so very true. What a wonderful filled adventure it is and has been and will continue to be i am sure so if you've uh, been baptized then you are already on the path Uh, just embrace it more fully love it father great advice great uh, great insights throughout the show today again if you missed any part of the show feel free to go back and look us up on the relevantradio.com on the show page or on the relevant radio app you can find us there well father before we let you go of course it's been great having you back on the program look forward to the next time But as always, we'd like to close with your blessing, if you would, please. Awesome. Through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, Father, we ask your blessing upon your sons and daughters. And particularly, Father, we ask you to renew all the graces that you offered them through their baptisms. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Bobby Blood has been our spiritual director today. He's a priest of the Diocese of Rockford. And by the way, I know a lot of people were calling in specifically asking questions about validity of baptisms. That's a a great thing coming up if you're actually be able to listen to Relevant Radio on through into the afternoon. Of course, we've got Father Simon Says at uh, 1 p.m. Central. We've got Patrick Madrid tomorrow morning, so tune in to those. Call in and ask about your validity questions there as well. Coming up next, though, we've got the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass with Father Matt Seminars, our celebrant today. 
And tomorrow here on The Inner Life, we're going to be talking about a rich prayer known as the Daily Examine, St. Ignatius of Loyola and all that he has in store for us there. Thanks for joining us. Until next time, friends, grace and peace. Peace.